Hi, and welcome to this special edition episode of CRST The Podcast. Today, Dr. Blake Williamson leads an expert surgical panel of Drs. Debbie Rizvet and Mark Gallardo to discuss their experience with the iStent Inject W device and why it's their primary MIGS device. They cover key features of the device, clinical data, and how the device helps surgeons easily combine cataract and glaucoma surgery. Hello, this is Dr. Blake Williamson from Williamson Eye Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, I am a cataract and refractive surgeon and also specialize in minimally invasive glaucoma surgery. And that's the topic of today's podcast. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes uh, talking to two surgeons who I respect very much. And I'm very excited to get their perspective, not only with uh, their, their current MIGS al algorithm, but specifically learn more about how they use iStent to inject W in their practice. We're joined today by Dr. Deb Brisbet from Alexandria, Minnesota, as well as Dr. Mark Gallardo from El Paso, Texas. So Deb, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, with all the different MIGS options out there today, where do you start? It seems like that's one of the biggest questions that people have is, you know, what's your go-to in terms of your, if you have just one that you're gonna get started with and, and, and maybe why? Yeah, so, you know, MIGS has grown, it's exploded. And we have more options than ever. And when we started, you know, 11 years ago, there weren't as many devices or options. And so the progression was pretty natural for me. I started in the angle and continued to build. And now the algorithm is really an art. You know, how do you decide what device you're going to use or what technology you're going to get started with? And as a cataract surgeon, I love starting in the angle. It's so natural. And we're trying to really optimize that outflow pathway and in a safe and effective manner as well. And so my go-to for mild to moderate glaucoma, in addition to cataract surgery, starts with the iSynth Inject W. And Mark, you're, you're, you're well known as uh, one of the foremost uh, glaucoma experts in the country. And I know you do a tremendous amount of surgery you know, is it, do you agree that, that really the angle is where we need to be starting? And if you're going to be doing cataract surgery, the stenting is kind of where you start as well, or how do you, how do you decide what to do first? You know, it's very similar. Of course it is multifactorial, but when we're talking about uh, combining a glaucoma procedure with cataracts in mild to moderate patients, it really does make sense to, uh, add a procedure that doesn't really add any additional risk or recovery to the cataract surgery itself. And, and it's really one of the big reasons why we're now coupling cataract surgery with glaucoma surgery in almost all patients that have both diseases uh, at the same time. You know, 15 years ago when I was doing my training, we would never fathom um, performing a trabeculectomy on a patient with mild disease on one medication that was stable. Um, it, it just didn't make sense. That risk benefit profile didn't make sense. But now because MIGS devices and procedures are so incredibly safe uh, and effective, we're adding that to just about every patient that's going into cataract surgery that has glaucoma on medications. And uh, starting with the angle, of course, is, is the uh, most effective means of, of managing a patient. And, and like I've always said for, for many, many years, I like to start with procedures that leave the smallest footprint on the eye. And of course, the iSET and JetW with a small size and proven efficacy is, is really one of the, the first line treatments that I go for as well. 
Yeah, and I would I would agree. I, I think that you know, for me in my practice, a lot of times my favorite MIGS procedure is the one that I can do the best. Um, and and you know, with the original eye stent, you know, some for some for some surgeons at least there was a, a longer learning curve. But I find that with the inject W, um, actually it was a much shorter learning curve for me, and I feel very confident that I'm getting two stents in every single time. And there's a lot of different features that make it, in, in my opinion, have that shorter learning curve. Dr. Isbet, was there some highlights or, or benefits of the W that stood out to you whenever you added it to your practice? Yeah, I really love that it has a wider flange um, because there's less room for error in bearing the eye stent. So with the eye stent inject, which had two stents, if you dimpled or press a little too much, you could actually bury that eye stent. And now with the eye stent inject W, it's really hard to do so. And so it's a lot more predictable when it comes to placing um, the eye stents in a proper manner, two clock hours apart and not bearing that stent into Schlem's canal. And Dr. Risbet, I know that, that like me, you do a lot of premium cataract surgery and patients are all about that visual outcome, like that post-op day one, you can't mess with that, that visual outcome. Is that another huge benefit? And do you feel comfortable pairing the eye stent inject W with toric IOLs or presbyopia correcting IOLs? Yeah, you know, now the data speaks for itself. We know that um, as far as safety goes, cataract surgery versus cataract with eye stent inject W is just as safe. There's no added risk. And so that was really, you know, one thing that stood out to me when looking at the data. Um, I like to call minimally invasive, minimally disruptive when we're talking about premium IOLs and adding a minimally invasive glaucoma surgery because nowadays patients want to get back to normal routines, normal activity and see well after premium, premium IOL technology. And so when you pair it with a device where you know it's going to be minimally disruptive to that vision and the risk profile is no more than just cataract surgery alone. Um, the combination speaks for itself. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I think that for many docs uh, are probably like myself that you know what is minimally invasive has changed a lot. Back in the early days with Generation One, anything that was not a, a tube or a trab was considered MIGS, right? And so, you know, I've learned from Dr. Gallardo and others that there's actually different, there's varying degrees of uh, of what's minimally invasive. Uh, Mark, what about the data? I mean, there's there's other great MIGS products that, that are available, uh, but I would argue that that you know none of them have the volume of data in terms of the amount of published literature um, out there compared to what Glaucos has done. Yeah, you know, when when you think about MIGS, um, you automatically think about the eye stent and and the eye stent inject and the whole Glaucos portfolio of of devices. Uh, just be, you know, they're, they're the first market. And the thing that, that as a glaucoma surgeon that I look at is the number of adverse events that have been reported uh, for different devices and different procedures. And, and we talked about the, the wow effect for our post-op cataract patients. And, you know, we, in addition to having a, an excellent efficacy profile, we know that it's astigmatically neutral. So it doesn't add any additional curvature or change to that corneal astigmatism. But the other thing you want to talk about is what the anterior chamber looks like in a post-operative period. Because if, if you're doing a larger procedure, you might have a little bit more tendency to get a little bit of blood regurgitation into the anterior chamber, which can affect post-operative day one visual acuity. And of course, you do have that risk for developing some uh, recurrent hyphemas for the, um, 
larger procedures that remove uh, larger strips of the trabecular meshwork. But you know, there, there's there's so many peer-reviewed uh, papers in the medical literature, both retrospective, prospective. We have our pivotal trials uh, that have proven time and time again that the um, glycose platform, starting with the first generation iStent through um, the iStent Inject W, are very effective. But of course, it, it's it's not the only or they're not the only products uh, that are that are in the pipeline. What's exciting about the Glucose platform, we're now on our third generation iStent, but it, it, you know, it's a company that continues to innovate. And there's a lot that's in the pipeline. We do have the iStent Infinite, which completed its um, pivotal trial, and they were able to report on the one-year data that showed wonderful uh, efficacy in patients that had refractory glaucoma. Uh, it, what's, what's nice about this study is that it was done as a standalone procedure in patients that had uh, refractory glaucoma. 70% uh, of those patients had previous uh, glaucoma procedures, whether it was a trabeculectomy, a tube, or SLT. Uh, they were phacic or pseudophacic. And it, it, it gives us that different avenue of managing the angle uh, without performing an ablative procedure as a standalone procedure. Uh, but they also have the IDOS, uh, which they reported on their two-year efficacy. And so when we talk about implanting a device, uh, potentially taking a patient to the OR, we want to make sure that that device is going to last a while. And they were able to show that the IDOS, which is a, a, a Travoprost-containing canister, was uh, proven to, to be effective through two years uh, at the very least. Uh, but they have other products on the market. The IDOS T-Rex is, is a uh, similar size canister, but it has uh, double the amount of medication. There's a potential for having a real kinase inhibitor within that canister in the future. Uh, one thing that, you know, you know me, I always like to talk about viscodilation. And, and so they've been working on developing a new product called I-Prime. And then of course we, we have for the, for those patients with severe glaucoma, uh, we have the Preserflow, which is um, already completed their uh, clinical trial. And, and I think we're, we're just waiting for the FDA to, to give us a thumbs up for that to come to market. Yeah. And, and with the, for a company that, that is constantly investing in, in R&D in their pipeline, um, it's not uh, surprising to hear about all those amazing technologies that have come out, especially, you know, when you already have great data for what, what they have now. There's been meta-analyses uh, recently done showing multiple years of efficacy uh, with standalone stenting uh, that glucose is uh, with, with the glucose uh, uh, eye stents. Um, so, you know, Dr. Rizvet, you just heard uh, Dr. Gallardo talk about all the different things coming in the pipeline. Do we still need to wait for those things or should we still be kind of hanging around or, you know, for those people who are ready to get started now, do you think now's the time and is Inject W something that they should consider starting with? You know, I think now is the time. Um, my journey started right off the bat, getting out of residency, um, you know, being in my first year of practice. And I am so glad that I took that leap because the amount of individualization I'm able to provide to our glaucoma patients now is great. And to be, to be able to have so many options is wonderful. And really, if you're just getting started and looking at minimally invasive glaucoma surgery and how to add it to your practice, or if you're looking to expand, we have other products down the pipeline that are coming. And this is here to stay. Minimally invasive glaucoma surgery is here to stay. And you even see that with 
drug delivery devices that, you know, Mark just talked about. And so if you're getting started, um, start with your cataract patients, you know, just like we did in residency where we started with incisions. We had to have good incisions to complete the case. Every step counts. And so visualization is key. And so when you're in the operating room, go ahead and get started with tilting the microscope and tilting the head of the patient to really get um, down the setup. The setup is key to be able to view the trabecular meshwork and to view that angle. You wanna view it head on. And so you don't want to attack the angle from above. And so that's just going to help with success when working in the angle. And then make sure that you can visualize the trabecular meshwork. As we know, some angles don't have a lot of pigment. And so being able to really identify that trabecular meshwork is going to set you up for success and just keep practicing. Make sure that you get a multiple amount of patients at once. And so if you have multiple patients in a row where you're practicing and you get that muscle memory down, it becomes, um, you know, easier in your hands over time, but nothing's easy from the get-go. You know, we, we have to start somewhere. And with knowing that this is such a safe and effective device, this is really a place to get started and to build as you become more comfortable. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that, uh, you know, I always like to say that, that, that glaucoma is the new astigmatism. And if you're already there, you know, for us, if they're refractive uh, guys and gals listening and the general ophthalmologists, uh, of course, you're going to give the patient an option to treat astigmatism. Why wouldn't you do the same thing uh, for the glaucoma? Uh, and from a practical and business management standpoint, you know, we're having all kinds of issues with reimbursement uh, with cataract surgery. Here's this whole, this whole other avenue um, uh, that can actually be a practice builder for you. But more importantly, it's the right thing to do. And I have to say, it's a lot of fun, too. Um, getting patients off of their drops um, is, is wonderful. And oftentimes they're happier with that than they are uh, getting out of their glasses, uh, believe it or not. So uh, it's been a fantastic uh, wave to ride over these past five years. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing your experiences. And uh, thank you for listening.